Blog Talk Radio. Gentlemen, welcome to the Rifleman Radio Show on Appleseed Radio. Uh, the Rifleman Radio Show is brought to you as a project of the Appleseed Rifle Marksmanship Project. <clears throat> it is the uh, sole project of the Revolutionary War Veterans Association. The Revolutionary War Veterans Association is an organization dedicated to teaching the absolute best fundamentals of rifle marksmanship and safety uh, course, while at the same time making sure that you get a dose of the history of America. Make sure that you understand that we didn't just pop into uh, into the current times uh, uh, without any history, with uh, without any reason for being here. There's a uh, an unbroken line of American patriots leading directly from April 19, 1775, to the current day Americans. We can be just as effective at safeguarding the freedoms and liberties this nation affords us as those folks did on April 19, 1775. And that's one of the things that we try and remind Americans of when they attend these events. Now, that's our main message, but we still teach the absolute best Fundamentals of Rifle Marksmanship Program in the United States today. I mean the absolute best. We have the uh, the best instructors. We have the uh, the best teaching techniques and skills, I think, that I've seen anywhere in America. And I'm just absolutely, uh, absolutely as proud as I can be and as humble as, humble as I can be 
when I'm standing among my fellow Appleseed instructors. They're an absolutely wonderful uh, group of folks. Uh, tonight, we're going to have uh, Chris Knox on the show. Chris is a, uh, is a longtime friend and longtime member of Appleseed, and he's also part of the, uh, the Knox legacy uh, in the Firearms Coalition. And uh, Chris and his family work hard day in, day out, uh, safeguarding the, the rights and freedoms uh, afforded us by this nation, keeping watch on them and doing what they can uh, to inform uh, their fellow Americans and the public about, uh, about what's going on uh, with uh, Second Amendment issues, etc. <clears throat> He'll be our guest <clears throat> this evening. And uh, and also, uh, as we spoke to you guys a couple of weeks ago about, we would like for you folks that uh, uh, that are calling in tonight, uh, in addition to the questions and comments you have for Chris and stuff, uh, we would like to make sure that uh, that you guys are remembering uh, to to help spread the. Uh, uh, help spread the recognition around for your fellow Appleseed members. Uh, that means if you've got, uh, if you've got somebody that uh, is in your area that has, uh, that has been doing the customary outstanding job that, that Appleseed instructors do, then uh, make sure that you uh, get a note to me tonight about that so that I can get their names out on the, uh, uh, out of the air tonight and get them some, uh, some of the, the recognition that uh, that they deserve for their hard work. Each and every uh, instructor, each and every uh, Appleseed Project instructor is a volunteer. Uh, each and every one of them uh, work extremely hard to, uh, to perfect their craft and uh, do the best that they can. So we would like to, uh, to make sure that we recognize these folks' hard efforts. Uh, so if you've got somebody in your area that uh, has just uh, completed a PC or has just uh, gotten an orange hat or a red hat or just did a great job at a shoot, etc., then uh, be sure and uh, uh, send me a message uh, tonight in the online chat, or you can send me a uh, an email or a PM. I'll be constantly checking my email during the show so that I can... Uh, uh, so I can get the, any of these names uh, online uh, or on the air. <coughs> excuse me, tonight that you send me. So <clears throat> if you guys send any in any names, then I'll be glad to get them uh, on the air for you guys. All right, let's uh, start off by giving a uh, a list of the upcoming shoots uh, for the for the next month here in June. Now, a lot of times in the the summer months. Uh, some of the events, uh, there's sometimes fewer events because of uh, of the raging heat that we get in a lot of places. But it looks like we have a great month coming up this month. And it starts off this weekend, this coming weekend, which is the June 5th and 6th in Amarillo, Texas, followed by Auburn, Indiana, Bloomington, Illinois, Boulder, Montana, Chamberlain, South Dakota, Lemoore, California, Pelham, New Hampshire, Raton, New Mexico, Sherburne, Louisiana, Shiocton, Wisconsin, 
Slippery Rock, Pennsylvania, Socorro, New Mexico, Waterman, Illinois, West Jefferson, Ohio. That takes us to the next weekend in June, which is the 12th and 13th. And that will start us off in Columbiana, Alabama, followed by Douglas, Wyoming, Jackson, Wyoming, Lewiston, Idaho, Lincoln, Nebraska, Marshall, Minnesota, Miamisburg, Ohio, Montpellier, Virginia, New Bremen, New York, Ottawa, Illinois, Stark, Florida, Tocoa, Georgia, which takes us to the June 19th and 20th weekend, which begins in Bennington, Vermont, followed by Bonfield, Illinois, Carrollton, Kentucky, Castro Valley, California, Chaplin, Connecticut, Davila, Texas, Grand Island, Nebraska, Mannheim, Pennsylvania, Mariposa, California, New Philadelphia, Ohio, North Fayetteville, North Carolina, Osage Beach, Missouri, Piru, California, Perrier, Tennessee, Sacramento, California, Yanceyville, North Carolina, which takes us to the last weekend in June, which starts off in Dalton, New Hampshire, followed by Anderson, South Carolina, Annapolis, Maryland, Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania, Bristol, Wisconsin, Cloverdale, Indiana, Corona, California, El Paso Community College in El Paso, Texas, Eureka, Kansas, Gainesville, Florida, Glen Helen, California, Hinkley, Minnesota, Kaysville, Utah, Knob Creek, Kentucky, La Crosse, Wisconsin, Lancaster, Ohio, Mayaka City, Florida, Rama, Colorado, Ramsar, North Carolina, Spearfish, South Dakota, and Stinson, West Virginia. That's a full month. That is a full uh, month of shoots there for a summer month. And, uh, and i got to tell you, I'm just uh, I'm as proud as I can be to be a member of the organization. And, folks, it's summertime. Uh, it's hot. Uh, everybody's uh, hot and got rashes on them, etc. Uh, uh, there's uh, it's that time of the year when everything seems like it's piling up. Uh, it seems like there's uh, sometimes uh, glitches in the program, things that uh, that are just being figured out. Uh, all I can say is is try and remain calm. Uh, you know the. The program for being uh, as young as it is, for the amount of growth that we have, uh, is doing pretty good. Now, it can always do better. Yes, sir, it can. It can always do better. But <clears throat> it's going to do better by folks uh, by folks. Having a little patience with each other and uh, and being calm, it's going to do a lot better that way than uh, punching each other in the eye, which seems to be pretty satisfying a lot of times. But uh, it's probably not quite as helpful as as it can be. And uh, so, if uh, if we can all just be a little bit patient and uh, 
I know that everybody involved in the program, Appleseed folks are just, they're just the best folks in the nation. And uh, <clears throat> I know that this program, I know in my heart that this program is going to, it's going to make a lot of difference in our nation. And it's going to bring a lot of people closer together. It's going to bring a lot of people uh, understanding, a lot more understanding about what they need to do to help uh, with safeguarding the, the freedoms and liberties our nation has to offer. A lot of understanding on what we can do, uh, not just as one person, but what we can do together uh, in order to help help uh, provide the tender loving care that the nation needs. All right, I'm just trying to check and make sure that I'm, I'm getting the uh, messages from you guys. <clears throat> and uh, Hawk is asking me here in the online chat, and if you're if you're listening on the radio, great. You're listening on the telephone, excellent. Uh, but I do want to remind you that we have uh, a an online chat that follows the radio show. And uh, what you can do is you can log on to uh, www.blogtalkradio.com backslash appleseedradio and then look for the online chat there and click on that. And that will take you to the online chat. And that, that way if you want to... Uh, if you want to speak in uh, real time with some of the folks in the program, you're welcome to do that in the online chat. If you have questions that you want to ask, uh, you can post them in the online chat if you'd rather not call in. And I'll try and, and read this as I go and uh, make sure that I'm reading uh, any questions that you guys have, reading them on the air. Uh, Hawkhaven is asking me if I had noticed how many shoots are selling out in advance. Yes, sir, uh, I am. And... And I'm very excited about that because a lot of times uh, in the summer, as I was talking earlier, a lot of times in the summer people have a lot of things they have to do. They've got uh, vacations. They've got uh, additions to the house. They've got to wash the dog, on and on, uh, all kinds of things they have to do in the summer. And it's hot in the summer. It's hot, and and folks would much rather be, uh, a lot of times uh, sitting on the couch with a beer or at the beach, etc. And yet, they're not. They're deciding to go to an apple seed event to set themselves a goal of improving their rifle marksmanship and at the same time exposing themselves to the history of America beginning on April 19, 1775, and exposing themselves to possibly having to make a decision to make a life-changing decision. And that is, <clears throat> once you've heard the story, once you've heard the Appleseed message, which is uh, a, pretty, a pretty serious message, it's a pretty serious plea for help from all Americans. Now, once you've heard the message, what can you do? Well, you can... Put your head in the sand and act like you never heard the message. Deny that you ever heard the message, or you can decide that that now is your time 
now is your time to step up and fulfill your sacred obligation to the nation, your sacred obligation as an American, and take your place in line in defense of your rights and your freedoms. So that's a pretty serious decision. I mean, I'm telling you, that kind of decision itself, that would be, uh, that's a pretty scary thing to contemplate right there. Thank goodness a lot of people don't know that 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 decision is coming at them when they attend an apple seed event or they may not go. That's kind of like the, uh, uh, wasn't it like a red red pill and a blue pill uh, in the Matrix? Uh, So a lot of people are deciding uh, to uh, go ahead and grab all their gear and get out in the hot sun and do something to help themselves, first of all, to improve their rifle marksmanship skills. They're setting themselves a goal of improving their skills, of becoming a better shooter, and then becoming a better person, and then then developing uh, associations, uh, friendships, alliances with other good people, with other Appleseed folks. That is a pretty major decision. And the more folks I see making that decision, the the happier I am. The more uh, the more the the dark feeling of dread in my heart is uh, is replaced with the uh, with a sense of hope. <clears throat> All right. Uh, I'm going to continue to check my uh, my PMs and uh, my emails during the show, so that I can uh, I can bring you news of folks uh, of your fellow apple seeders. Uh, each and every apple seed instructor and member of the organization is, in my opinion, is an absolute uh, hero, is an absolute star. And uh, and occasionally some burn brighter than other, brighter than others, and uh, and they shine a little bit brighter so that you can you can see them a little more clearly. Each and every apple seed member, in my eyes, is a hero to me. And uh, and as I said earlier in the show, I'm I'm amazed uh, at our members, uh, at our instructors. I'm very proud. Uh, to, to look around me at the uh, the fellow Appleseed instructors and to consider them my friends, to consider them my fellow Americans. I'm very proud. <clears throat> so I'm going to keep looking at the uh, the emails and uh, I'll keep looking at the chat because we want to uh, we want to bring these names to you. And let's start off with a name that is semi-familiar to us, Uh, and that is Western Rose. Now, the report I've got is that Western Rose did an absolutely outstanding job running the lower range line at uh, Coeur d'Alene, that she organized a course of fire and the the, uh, course instruction, kept everyone up on and ahead of schedule that she made a rifleman on her line and uh, pushed uh, a whole group of them up within 20 points or less of it. And 
that she also did uh, some PCs this weekend. Now, for you, for those of you that don't know uh, Western Rose, Western Rose is uh, she didn't just pop up all of a sudden on the screen here. Uh, this isn't the first uh, chance that I've had to praise her because uh, Rose is a uh, she's an outstanding uh, young woman. Now, I think I told everybody she was 14 uh, last week or week before, and she's not. Uh, she's uh, well, don't make me lie again. I think she's uh, 17 or 18 now, and. Uh, but she's been with the program for quite a while, and uh, and she's been doing an outstanding job the whole time, which should be no surprise because she comes from a whole family of apple cedars, and uh, and uh, the whole family uh, is doing a great job, and uh, I think that I think that if you had to have some kind of a standard or you had some kind of a way for folks to see if you were a, a decent person, a decent instructor, etc. If you had some some gauge, it would be uh, having your kids shine so brightly uh, in the program. Uh, because there's no way they could do that without the help from their parents. There's no way. And... Uh, and and wonderful, tasty, delicious, uh, intelligent apples uh, don't fall any uh, farther from the tree than any other apple. And uh, we certainly want to congratulate uh, Rose, your folks, and your family uh, for their involvement. Keep doing the job that you're doing, and uh, and you continuously uh, make us proud. So everybody, uh, everybody, give a, a big congratulations to Rose and uh, and thank her for the the job that she's doing because she is doing a great job. And uh, we've got a lot of apple seed folks that are doing a a great job, and uh, we certainly want to make sure that they that they get mess that they get uh, noticed. <clears throat> Okay. Now, as I said, we have uh, Chris Knox coming on the show tonight. And uh, and let me just make sure I've got his number right here. <clears throat> He'll be on the show tonight. And uh, we'll be discussing uh, the stuff that Chris is doing right now as far as... Uh, what the Firearms Coalition uh, is doing to help safeguard the the freedoms and liberties uh, that we enjoy uh, by virtue of living in this nation, <clears throat> because they're doing a great deal uh, of work. All right, I think I've got him here. <clears throat> Chris, welcome to the show. Hey, Scout, thank you. Appreciate it. All right. I, always a pleasure. Well, we're glad, we're always glad uh, to have you on the show. And uh, every time you are on the show, uh, certainly our, uh, our firearms uh, IQ goes up uh, by several points. 
So we certainly appreciate that. How's your family doing? You know, everybody's doing good. Um, we're uh, we're staying busy. Uh, Jeff and I were, and uh, our sister Shan went to the uh, uh, NRA convention in North Carolina. I was able to combine it with a with a day job business trip and uh, stayed there over the weekend and uh, met with them. And we uh, went and hung out with the Gun Rights North Carolina, or uh, they changed their name, Grassroots North Carolina. Right. And it is, uh, which is a pretty amazing organization in their own right, um, and got to celebrate a little bit of what they have done. Uh, they've got a outstanding um uh, group. In fact, y'all probably—I uh, don't know—you're in Texas, but I'm sure that Fred knows about them. They have uh, done a uh, a great work to uh, uh, get—I uh, believe they've had a lot to do with getting concealed carry passed in North Carolina and uh, done some really good things like that. And uh, they're act- they're moving into electoral politics. There were some pretty. Uh, uh, pretty uh, serious, um, uh, there were some very serious people on the podium. Uh, Jeff got to speak, and he, uh, but there was also Alan Gura was there, who uh, argued Heller, and um, uh, there was um, a couple of, couple of congressmen and a uh, Senate candidate, so it was a pretty serious mix that night. Uh, the uh, NRA show was always fun. Get to go ar- go around and see the folks in the industry. I uh, skipped the meeting of members uh, just because there's not a whole lot to do there. Right. And I uh, uh, concentrated more on industry and on what folks were doing and uh, you know what the what products were being introduced and all the fun stuff out there. So uh, definitely, if you haven't if you haven't ever been to an NRA show, I'd encourage you to go. If you're not a member of NRA, I encourage you to join and to pay attention to what the NRA does and to vote in NRA's elections because that's really important. We get uh, the NRA's the NRA is governed by about a seven percent voter turnout, uh, which uh, is really a shame. Because well, that's not much right. different than uh, than the rest of the nation, right? I mean, yeah, actually, in the rest of the nation, we can get up uh, we can get up forty, fifty percent voter turnout at sometimes. Yeah, but, but it's still the, a it's still a, uh, a a low percentage. It's still right. Right. The ranks it's, it's are filled with number. apathy and exactly. And I was just, uh, and, and before I got in here, in fact, one of the things I started looking at, and I, I floated this idea, and it got kind of a lukewarm reception. But I think the next time I go to an apple seed, I'm going to let it be known that I'm a dep. I'm going to uh, go through the process to become a deputy registrar in Arizona. And uh, if anybody needs to register to vote, well, I'll be more than happy to oblige them. Okay, and they can register as communist. I don't care. It's not very likely I'll meet too many communists that want to register to vote at an appleseed shoot. Right. You know, it's uh, so when you when you go duck hunting, you go where the ducks are, and it is exactly the same thing. And some of our uh, some of our liberal and radical friends, I know that here in Arizona there was a uh, 
last week there was a demonstration against the uh, against our little immigration law that we've uh, recently passed, and the uh, there were a lot of folks out registering people to vote, and you you know there were that's certainly a civic duty register to vote and or to vote register to vote get people in the uh, in the system. Well, now, as far as registering someone to vote, <clears throat> I think that we discussed this. Uh, I think we've discussed this several times. Uh, you know, the staff and stuff have at, at Appleseed, and mm-hmm. now all you need to do is provide them with the cards, right? You don't have to do anything else. Um, it it varies state to state. It depends right. on the state you're in. In Texas, I don't think you have to do anything but show up with a card. You go to the uh, county recorder's office. You get a stack of of uh, voter registration cards, and you are now by dang a deputy registrar. <laughs> there you go. And that's all that it takes. And I, it can't be too much more complicated in Arizona because all you have to, when you're um, uh, registering your car online, they ask if you want to register to vote. Well, so. I'm I, I am a real fan of getting our guys connected and get, getting them. Uh, I'm all about political activism. Well, the and thing is about uh, one of the things that we that we found out about Appleseed <clears throat> is that, uh, and I'm always uh, telling folks about how proud I am of the folks who show up at Appleseeds. And one of the things they have in common is they're all voters. Yep. Uh, they're. they're I mean, almost 100%. When somebody shows up in Appleseed, uh, we very rarely have to, to worry about getting them registered to vote because they're already uh, a registered voter. They're, all, yep. they're already voting. And uh, now, uh, just like you, we don't, uh, we don't tell people who to vote for because that's really none of our business. Uh, but it is our duty to remind them that it is their duty, it's their sacred obligation to make sure that they participate in the governing process in the nation. That means they have to vote. You can vote for whoever you want to. Personally, I, I don't care uh, who you vote for, and sometimes uh, I'm not sure that it, uh, that given the candidates that it makes a lot of difference who you vote for. But you have to make sure that you vote at, uh, in each, at each and every situation that you can vote for. I don't mean just voting in national. I mean vote. You've got to vote in every every chance you get because politics are local. You have to start off local. That's where the main decisions are made are locally. You go down and, and you think about school board elections and don't just pick a name out at random. And this is one issue. If you're going to vote or if you're going to go to the polls and you don't know whose name is on the poll, don't vote. <laughs> don't vote. Don't mark That's that right. ballot. And if if you know somebody, and you, you know you don't like them, you can vote for the other guy. But you, it's a good idea to know both candidates. But Jeff wrote a column in Shotgun News about this uh, a couple of weeks ago. I think it's going to be in the next one. Uh, next one coming out. It and and Jeff commented on the fact that. Uh, even as the uh, gun ownership has exploded, and it, it really has, we've got people owning guns that have never owned guns before, 
yet the accident rates are going down. And the reason they're going down is because we've got this wonderful positive peer pressure that everybody thinks it's cool to see you with your finger very plainly off the trigger. That's that's the rule, and everybody knows that. And you, if you want to get dirty looks, wave a gun around in a gun store. You know, you see people with, with stock blanks with scopes on them, they won't point that at somebody, and that's great. Right, right. It's, I love it. <laughs> And and it it is a it is a totally good thing and and we need to transfer that same positive peer pressure to the uh, to the act of voting and again I'm not you know just to maintain our friends 501c3 status that we are nonprofit we're education I'm not telling you who to vote for but I am telling you that you need to know who you're voting for. And, right, and we, uh, we, we do that. Uh, I do that every single time. Yep. I tell people that it's your absolute duty to vote. I mean, you have to vote. And once again, I'm not going to tell anybody what to vote for because that's not our job. Our job is just to make sure you understand to vote. Now, it's, our job is also to tell you that uh, that you need to become involved in making informed decisions. So you need to make sure that you, just like you said a while ago, before you pull the trigger on a, a candidate, and let me make sure that, I'm, that everybody understands that, that I meant every time you uh, pull the lever. Pull the trigger on a yeah. vote. <laughs> yeah, on a vote, because uh, that, uh, yeah, I don't want to be misunderstood. Man, every Out time that you vote. Votes are a drag. Yeah. <laughs> every time that you vote, it needs to be an informed vote. And, uh just I'm telling you, there's no way that uh, I have never voted a party ticket, and I never would, because that can get you just as much trouble as anything else. If you're going to, uh, uh, when you're going to, when you vote, it's your duty to make sure you understand what it is you're voting for. If you don't understand what uh, what Proposition X Y Z uh, is, then you don't vote for it. You don't uh, you don't vote yes. You don't vote no. You don't vote for it. You make sure that you get a list of the uh, of all the things that are up for consideration before it's time to vote, and you study them. You find out who the best candidates are, and they can be from any party, as long as they as long as they are doing what you want them to do. <clears throat> and then yep. you vote for those candidates. And that's why that that's why that sample ballot is so important. And uh... Before you, a couple of weeks before the election, you get that sample ballot in the mail, and uh, sit down with that thing and study it because you don't want to be you don't want to be looking at these names the first time when you're standing there in the in the booth, and uh, and it's really nice these days. You know, I've I've got mixed emotions about it, but these days it's so convenient that uh, you can get vote by mail. There's another thing that I've uh, that I've discovered, and I picked it up from my good friend Landis Aiden, who was the uh, uh, he, he's the president of the Arizona State Rifle and Pistol Association. And he said, "Never vote early. You always want to vote on election day. Take that take that vote by mail ballot, and if you're going to be around, uh, just drop it by drop it off at the polling place, or drop it in the mail." But uh, 
there's been too many cases where a week before the election somebody something happens. There's the infamous October surprise. And you mean so, it, of, of the early ballots being lost or yeah. tampered with? No, of the early ballots, there's actually a possibility of that, and that I think that was one of his reasons. But the other is that a candidate could do an about-face, and it's certainly been happening. Right. It's happened before. And you may want to just take that vote and, you know, vote for somebody from the Mugwump Party just because you don't want to be, uh, <laughs> you don't want to right. be associated with that guy. Right. In any case. In any case, I, I I just wanted to plug uh, the importance of voting and, and really making it as much, make election safety as much a uh, part of our uh, our uh, gun owning gun owning and rifleman ethic as keeping your finger off the trigger uh, and uh, and keeping the muzzle pointed in a safe direction. And it's all the same thing. It's just. Uh, and, and it's a matter of degree and immediacy. Well, we—that's one of the main things that we do. Uh, that is considered part of the message uh, during an Appleseed event, because, as I said, we don't—we uh, don't have ideology. We don't do any training, uh, as far as training uh, implying that we're going to give you something that you're going to use at a. At a uh, future date for some reason. Uh, we don't have any uh, politics that we add in. Uh, none of that. We give you straight rifle marksmanship, and then we give you American heritage and history. But part of the American heritage and part of the American history is ensuring uh, that you are a part of the governing body uh, of this nation. And I tell folks that <clears throat> the president is not the government. The vice president, the senators, the congressmen are not the government. Uh, no, no, none of the uh, of the alphabet agencies are the government. The government, uh, and I tell this when I'm looking at them at the events, I go, the government, at least a small portion of it, is standing right here with me right now. You guys are the we, the people of these United mm-hmm. States, and and people have been abdicating. Those powers, they've been, uh, through ap- apathy or laziness or ignorance, they've been abdicating, that they, they've been delegating that authority and that power to, uh, to either to others or to no one, and they have to make sure that they are involved in the, uh, in the program uh, as far as making sure that they are voting, making sure that they are making that their needs, their wishes... Uh, known to the uh, to their representatives. I really love that uh, that catchphrase that you see sometimes out on the on the forum is the the people who have delegated everything out the doofus Americanus yes. sitting on his couch and and the idea is that this is a this is not a spectator sport. And this is, and I, I really think that the rise of spectator sports, and much as I love football, the rise of spectator sports in America is uh, has not been an entirely healthy thing for us because we no. end up on the couch rather than participating. No, and and as we were talking about earlier, so many, so many of the people 
are not participating in it. Now, and for me, that's just hard to imagine because, uh, I mean, would you, would you take your kid, uh, would you take your five-year-old kid or six-year-old kid to the, to the mall and just drop them off? And just say, uh, here you go, take off, kid, see you at five. <clears throat> and uh, because you have no idea what what's going to happen or what's going to go on in there. Well, oh, yeah, I you do. The same, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you do have. i got a lot of ideas. That's the problem. But you're doing the same thing whenever you say, you know what, I'm sure, so I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of other people who are watching out for the nation. I'm sure, listen, I, I'm, I'm sure that... Uh, that my doctor, I'm sure he's going to vote probably. My dad, my mom, I'm sure they're probably going to vote. So I, I'm sure it's taken care of. And you can't do that. I mean, you cannot do that. You have to make sure that you're participating in this. Because every time uh, something comes up, uh, some kind of uh, uh, bill or some kind of legislation comes up, and and people, uh, you see people all over, and they're saying, oh, Man, there's no way that's going to make it. Uh, there's no way that there's going to, they're going to pass a bill the, that uh, limits uh, the speech, limits political speech before an election, right? That would be absolutely uh. insane because that's what the, uh, that's what the First Amendment, will, Amendment was specifically written to protect. So there's no way they're going to pass that. I know it. That's, there's no way. And then, bang, it passes because all the good people did nothing, which is always required for evil to win. Yeah, Sir Edmund Burke. And I mean, uh, <clears throat> so uh, that's one of the things that I always, that I hit really heavy is that you have to be a part of this. You've got to be a part of what's going on. And uh, and the best way, and I know every time I've spoken to you, you've really hit this hard, and that is making sure that you start locally, that you start mm-hmm. right in your own neighborhood, making sure that you're involved in your own neighborhood before you start uh, moving out from there. Mm-hmm. A really good place to be to uh, at least keep a handle on what's going on, and this is something that I've, I've been in and out of, but I it's uh, working with your local block watch and knowing your neighbors, knowing the, knowing the, uh, the people that are, uh, you know, go down to the school, you know, you sit around on a hard bench in the school cafeteria for an hour, and you're liable, somebody's liable to ask you to write something once in a while. But it's not a, uh, uh, it, it doesn't take a huge commitment. Uh, it does take a certain amount, but it is a real opportunity to get to know your neighbors and get to know the people around you. But that is really where politics starts. And then, you know, somebody wants to get into it and, uh, and really have, start to have some influence, and then you can go into the be part of the process with the precinct committeemen, but and all the things that are involved there. But really, where it starts and where the the for most people, it's going to be quite sufficient. And if we could get the message out to uh, to uh, apple seeders in particular, I love the idea of apple seeders getting involved in politics and knowing what they're looking at, and, and uh, knowing who the people are. And, uh, and you can have an effect, and you can have a remarkable effect, because your vote doesn't make that much difference. It's a fact. That's just the way it is. Your vote doesn't make that much difference, but what makes a difference is the people around you that you say to, uh, you talk to your friends, you, talk, you influence 
maybe a dozen, maybe a hundred people around you that you and you can talk about one guy and say, you know, this guy who I've who I've investigated, who I've checked out, I think he's a pretty good guy and I think he deserves your vote. And if you say that, you can get somebody elected. You can at least make a dent. You can make a change in the process. Oh, definitely, uh, Chris. I'm going to bring a, another uh, another guy on with us. This is a, he's he's your next door neighbor there. This is Sam D uh, from the program. Uh, Sam usually helps me with the radio show, and uh, I was going to bring him on earlier. And uh, the uh, the battery connection for my computer. Uh, must have come out because it just uh, went black. Yeah. Well, Sam, welcome to the show. <laughs> Evening, Scott. Evening, Mr. Knox. Thank you for coming on with us. Hi. Well, thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. I got the call from Scout this uh, uh, this afternoon, and he said, "Hey, you want to do a show?" Sure, I'm always willing. Well, I uh, we I love always, having you on. I always wanted. I always. Uh, I'd, I'd actually uh, had called to ask you the other question. That I asked you while we were talking, uh, mm-hmm. because I wanted some info before I talked to them again. But uh, uh, but also with all the uh, the stuff recently in the papers and the news and everything else, I thought it'd be great for you to come on. Now, as far as I know, uh, I think Sam told me that he wasn't going to boycott Arizona. But uh, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> I'm sending all my business over your way. We've I really want you to, to succeed. <laughs> There's now a certain that's, that's amount what of that and not an E, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although we're thinking about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Along with pulling the plug on. Uh, now I thought it was absolutely. I just. I tell you, I had to completely. Uh, my. Uh, I was just dying laughing uh, the other day, <clears throat> whenever they were reading out uh, the very serious, uh, the uh, L.A. City Council, I guess, folks. Were, Reading out a very serious letter of threats and uh, and boycotts and cancellations of uh, contracts and stuff with Arizona, and uh, when they got through, another person came in and said, "Hey, listen, guys, I just got this in. This is a letter from uh, the uh, one of the commissioners of the uh, uh, for the Arizona Power, and they said that." If they were going to cancel all the contracts with Arizona, that Arizona might go ahead and cancel cancel the contract for power with the. Uh, yeah, uh, we've got a new we've got this little nuclear plant out here about 50 miles west of Phoenix that uh, that pretty much feeds the uh, feeds the Golden State. Well, yeah. now you got you're telling me though that these guys in in uh, Los Angeles, their first. That wasn't the first contract that they canceled with their power contract? <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a rule, boycotts are kind of uh, kind of gestures anyway. Well, so I, I think it, a lot of it has to do, I think the majority of all the problems uh, concerning the recent events there and such are not problems of what's being done. But it's problems of ignorance, problems of not knowing what is really being asked uh, or what's really being considered. That's just a problem that we have with uh, with a great deal of America is they don't know what's going on. They're depending on mainstream media uh, to give them their education. And I'm telling you, folks, that's a very, very dangerous uh, uh, proposition these days. Uh, I don't know that there is a mainstream media 
I think that all there is is uh, is folks who have agendas, and that's right and left, folks that have agendas, and they're trying to put them out. And it behooves you to make sure that you take the time to to research any issue uh, that you're thinking about, any information for any candidate, uh, anything like that. Make sure that you do your homework. Don't be don't be lazy. Don't be apathetic. Do your homework. Spend that uh, five or ten minutes uh, at a minimum uh, of trying to find the information you need on a subject, and then uh, and then following that back, following that back, and tracking it back. Now, I think Chris, I think that I talked to you, and I know Sam and I talk about this uh, quite a bit, and that is <clears throat> making sure that you that you stay in contact with your uh, with your local, state, national uh, reps, uh, mm-hmm. because <clears throat> I get all the time I get folks uh, at, at Appleseed events and everywhere else because, you know, I, I'll talk to anybody anywhere about this because to me it's that important. Uh, it, my my comfort level gets breached all the time by talking to folks in, uh, in the checkout line at Walmart, uh, in the bathroom, uh, no matter where it is, I'll, I'll talk to them because it's that important to me. And that is... You have to make sure that your representatives, your senators, your congressmen, uh, state and national, that they know what's on your mind, that they understand uh, what your needs are, what your wishes are, what your demands are, if you have any. And the only way they're going to know that is if you contact them and let them know. Now, Now, we give them the benefit of the doubt, usually, and say, well, the only reason they're not doing what they should be doing is because they don't know, all right? All right, that's fine. If you want to give them that benefit of doubt, that's fine. So now what is your job? Your job then is to make sure that they do know how they're supposed to vote. And uh, and then you get people, I get people telling me, uh, well, you know, my, my one vote, it's getting canceled out by my neighbor, uh, so, you know, what good is it really? And... The answer is, I'm not talking about your vote, I'm talking about contacting your congressman or your senator. The answer is that whenever you contact your congressman or your senator, it's not just one vote anymore. Because so few people will contact their senators or their congressmen that your one vote, or your one, uh, your one call, or your one letter, etc., is actually representing a huge number of people. <laughs> so contacting your senator and your congressman Number one, it's your duty. It's your duty to make sure that they understand what they're supposed to be doing because they are serving at your leisure. They are representing you in government. You're not, they're, they're not the new royalty. They're, you don't have to clear things with them. They work for you. So you need to make sure that they understand what their job needs to be, what, what your needs, what your wishes are. Make sure that they understand that. And then make sure that they understand the the repercussions of, of continuously not listening to you. That means that uh, if they're not doing the job that you're asking them to do, if they're not doing what they should be doing uh, according to, to you, uh, the voter, then you need to make sure that they understand that some of the things that they're doing, that those are going to be deal breakers. All right? Now, the most important part of this is, is if you do get into a situation where they cross the line or where they're, what they're doing is a deal-breaker, 
then you're absolutely 100% committed. You have to go and vote then. You have to carry out that part of the equation. That means if they're doing, if they're not doing their job, you have to get rid of them. You have to vote uh, against them. You, that you have to. You can't allow them to keep on uh, uh, misrepresenting you or not representing you. So you have to make sure that you carry out that part of it. But before all of that, you have to make sure that they understand what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, and, Chris, I think I talked to you about this. That I talked to uh, one of the staff members uh, of the uh, – uh, of the congressman here, and they said that they actually have uh, like mathematical equations or software, etc., to mm-hmm. determine if X number of people call in four, then they're actually representing this amount of people. Yeah, and and, and actually in Arizona, that's how we were able to get uh, constitutional carry through. A lot of it had to do with uh, the fact that our guys. Uh, brought down the uh the uh state senate's mail servers the state uh, legislature's mail servers a couple of times with uh, the volume of email and uh and they tied up the phones and they did did the usual thing of where they really got a um, where they really really got their attention so you it is quite possible it is uh politics is not an exact science it's uh, uh and the squeaky wheel does get the grease and you can make a you can get a politician real nervous if you can motivate a lot of people i know back in the 80s um back when uh Dennis DeConcini unfortunately from Arizona he turned he became a turncoat he uh uh, introduced uh, the prototype of the 1994 Clinton assault weapon ban, and uh, we turned out we we turned out our estimates were somewhere between uh, somewhere upward of 3,000 people in the streets in Phoenix on a 105 degree 105 degree day in June, and. Uh, it got people's attention, and it really settled. It, I think it delayed it. I know that in Ohio, during that same period, they, uh, uh, the uh, a car dealer in Ohio that was on, in Columbus got people out in the street, and they figured they had over 10,000 people that were on. Uh, it was the biggest rally they had had in Ohio since the Vietnam War. Wow. Yeah, it, it was huge, and they, it took an hour and a half for all the marchers to, point, to pass one point, and they were going by there. There were about ten abreast. But it is this is a participatory um, this is a participatory democracy. You have the ability to make a difference, and that is uh, that's uh, that's really what we're about. As far as what we do specifically, we try to advise people that are in the grassroots. We don't, um, we'll, uh, we're not registered as a as a not for profit, and we do that because we don't want to uh, get caught up in all the paperwork and all the and and all the uh, uh, the auditing that goes into a nonprofit, as I'm sure you know what happens yeah. with a nonprofit. There's a lot to it. Well, we're um, 
we're basically, this is the family business, and what we do is uh, try to help the, uh, is, is work with grassroots groups that are trying to change the process and trying to influence the process. People like the AZCDL and uh, the Virginia CDL, um, the uh, Gun Rights North Carolina, excuse me, they've changed their names. They are now Grassroots North Carolina, uh, or maybe I assume they were Gun Rights North Carolina. But anyway, GRNC, great guys, uh, Paul Velty, the Charlotte Gun Rights Examiner. And it is a, um, and working with all these different groups and learning from them and passing on those lessons of what works and uh, and how we can uh, what we can do to make the to uh, influence the process for good and it's a uh, it's a lot of fun we uh, I don't do it full time my brother my brother Jeff does but we have a have a great time at it dad it's what dad did full time for a long time and uh, and I'll take a moment for a shameless plug to uh, while I'm shamelessly plugging, I'll plug my book. Uh, it's actually Dad's book. It's a collection of his writings for uh, from over 35 years uh, in the trenches of uh, fighting for gun rights. And uh, he started out as a as the founding editor of Gun Week. And at that time, it happened to be that the Dodd Bill, which eventually became the 1968 Gun Control Act went in and dad was covering that thing on a near daily basis and uh, eventually dad went to the NRA as the NRA's lobbyist uh, went from gun writer to a political guy and um, he was um, and he had a lot to do with the um, reform to the 68 gun control act which was the McClure Volkner Firearms Owner Protection Act so that's kind of the background on where we are and what we have done. So um, we are the uh, – it's kind of in the family. It's genetic. I don't think there's a whole lot we can do about it. It's just what we do. Uh, that was me. Oh, okay. I just I just opened a, another window because uh, I wanted to make sure that, you know, the uh, uh, Blog Talk Radio has a, uh, a deal with uh, – uh, uh, what is the the book uh, with uh, Amazon? Right, right, right. And uh, so I always uh, I always put books that I've read uh, down there. I've listed them on the show. So if you look at the show page, there's uh, uh, the book is listed there. Uh, the uh, uh, war on guns, or the the gun rights war. Mm-hmm. Is is listed there on the page on the show page, so if you guys want to pick that up, you can. You, I think you can get it directly from the. Uh, from yeah, you the, can come see us page. at neilnox.com. You can get it off the page and uh, off and certainly. Uh, everybody has a little. Uh, everybody has a little bit of different. Uh, uh, you know, we we get a cut if it's. Uh, or Amazon, we sell it through Amazon. We sell it directly off the page, and we're uh, any way that the books move is a good thing, for, as far as I'm concerned. Well, neilnox.com is the 
is the is the home page, and that is going to be the best way for you guys to pick it up there off of the uh, uh, off of that website. Uh, I just mainly I put it on I put the stuff that they have uh-huh. on there just because uh-huh. they uh, they let me uh, you know push the books. Yeah, hey, if you, have you guys go to uh, neilnox.com. Uh, that's the correct website, right? Yeah, it's neilnox.com, and uh, uh, it's actually under thegunrightswar.com, but then figured, okay, just put it under Neil Knox because the book is Neil Knox, and so that's that's what we did there. Right, because we, we would also like you to go uh, to the uh, website just to read. Now, And Chris also has, uh, there are several other sites. There's the Firearms Coalition uh, blog, uh, the Hardcore. And uh, I'll get the I'll get the uh, the website and put it on the online chat here in just a second, and uh, and we would like for you guys to go to that too. Yeah, we and, uh, we, you, we you really appreciate the visit. The the main ones the, there's one other that I want to mention, and we're talking about grassroots, and it's one that Jeff, my brother, has really pushed, and uh, we're we'd really like to see this thing get. Uh, get past the critical mass and really start to snowball, and that is um, uh, gunvoter.org. And gunvoter is all about being a gun voter, and that goes back to that ethic of I keep my finger off the trigger, I keep the muzzle pointed in a safe direction, and I vote for people who safeguard my rights. And those are the – the ethic is every bit as strong – to vote to safeguard your rights, as it is to, um, as it is to, um, to be safe with a gun, and that is the the social pressure that we're really trying to apply, and to the positive peer pressure that uh, that we'd like to see go, uh, get kind of soak into the culture a little bit. Okay, listen, uh, some of you guys in the online chat, for some reason, it just tossed me off. Uh, I don't know if. Uh, if everybody else still has access or not, I'm trying to uh, to get it to open back up to me. But if you guys will post the uh, websites as Chris uh, as he names them off, so that you know, I logged in. I hadn't it. been I logged in, but I hadn't been looking at it. Well, if uh, uh, I guess you can do it if you're there, if you're logged in. But if not, if the other guys will uh, will uh, post these websites. Uh, as he mentions them, so that uh, so you can take a look at it. <clears throat> as I was telling, as I was saying earlier, <clears throat> the Appleseed Project has, uh, and I was talking to some folks uh, in another organization about this uh, uh, during the last week, and that is it. <clears throat> we have a very uh, we have a very tight, uh, a very uh, 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 limited uh, scope of what we do because we're trying to do this one thing, we're trying to do it well, and we're trying to uh, to reach tens of thousands, eventually hundreds, and then millions of people with this. And that is uh, of building a huge machine, a, a huge Paul Revere-type machine that is going from door to door and grabbing people and waking them up and letting them know that now's the time, today's the day, now's the time to get started. Now is the time to become a uh, an active participant in the safeguarding of your freedoms and liberties today, right now, right here, and that's what we do. 
Now, there are, there are thousands of organizations out there dedicated to giving you the information on this. And uh, I would put uh, 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 the Firearms Coalition right at the top of the list, uh, along with your state firearms organizations and uh, Gun Owners of America, etc. There's a lot of folks like that, even the NRA, that are dedicated to making sure that you understand what's going on uh, out there. So, the, so we don't try and, and reinvent the wheel. What we try and do is make sure that you understand that it's your duty to become involved in this and to make sure that you know you're supposed to be out there reading that information. You're supposed to be logging on to the uh, Firearms Coalition and making sure that uh, you're reading what they have to say so that you can be an informed voter. <clears throat> so make sure that you're going to these sites. Make sure that you're, uh, uh, that you're an active member, reading the stuff that Chris is doing, the stuff that, uh, that Jeff is doing, Jeff Knox, Chris's brother, <clears throat> that you're reading the stuff that these guys are putting out there because they're devoting huge blocks of their life to making sure that, the, that this research, that this information is made available to you so that you can make an informed decision. So please make sure that uh, that you guys are reading this. I know that we give you a lot of other stuff you got to read. you got to read the instructor's manual and, and on and on and the forum posts and everything else. But make sure that you're also uh, devoting time to finding out what you can do on the legislative side, on the, uh, on the politics side uh, of getting this done. Hey, Scott, I'm, you can't, can I, I want to jump in here. We t- when we were talking earlier today, I mentioned that I – uh, want to um, uh, that I wanted to uh, oh, I, I just wanted to make get the word out there it's kind of a the sky is not falling uh, do not uh, head into your bunker or head out into the streets with your rifle yet <laughs> right <laughs> the, the one, one of the ones that, that is making the rounds and every once in a while one makes the rounds that uh, it seems to get, I don't know, a lot of our guys just really love to forward email, which is fine, and something goes viral and it's, it's, and word gets out about something. But when word gets out that is bogus, then it's a problem. The latest one to get out there and um, that, unfortunately, some of our fellow, some of our sister organizations aren't above uh, – uh, taking advantage of it and uh, making a uh, using it as a fundraising opportunity. Right. One of those is the latest one is uh, Hillary Clinton's UN gun grab. That's right. Now let me now let me throw some background on here. First of all, now first of all the the uh, as it's also known the Turtle Bay Dictators Club is as as the UN is also known. It is not a friend of individual rights. It is a club of dictators, and its uh, its goal is the furtherance and and development of its own power. That said, the uh, we also they also are working on a pretty ridiculous measure that would basically ban guns for anybody that is not in the military and not in their country's duly constituted military so those we know that they're there but if they there and there is also a treaty 
to have this uh, global um, uh, concord on basically it would be uh, every country that signed it would uh, would put all kinds of restrictions on all kinds of uh, on quote small arms on personally owned firearms. Well, that's a bad thing, and we certainly don't agree with it, and we don't want it to happen. But in order to pass a treaty, to know what a treaty is, uh, for a treaty to pass, it has to be ratified by two-thirds of the Senate. That's the same number of people that have, that's the same number of senators that have to ratify a constitutional amendment or to, um, to override a veto. So it is not a um, it, it is not a um, uh, it, it, it's not something that is imminent and it's not likely to pass this week. Now, unlike some of our sister organizations that are more than happy to um, to raise a raise a dollar on it, I'd like to raise a little bit of funds by being low key and being the guys that. Tell you that if, if you hear if you hear Chris yelling fire, you know there's a fire. And that's, that's exactly it. That's exactly the the grief I have with that. Listen, I'll tell you, I got. I'm sure that you get more than emails than me, but uh, I will well, I get, get them all. Uh, I'll get five, six hundred uh, in a week, mm-hmm. and a lot of them will be just what you're talking about. These these warnings. Now, the first thing I usually do is I'll. If it's one that I haven't already seen twenty times, is mm-hmm. uh, is I'll I'll just hit uh, a do a Google on it. I try to stay away from Snopes because uh, well we know Snopes about them. <laughs> Snopes is is just it's a man and wife who have a, an agenda, and uh, so I, I just I, I stay away from that. I just choose not to participate in, in helping them. Is that, now you don't have to use them. You can use just your Google. Do a search on it. You find out that uh, that it is a uh, that it may the information the the warning hurry right now you know it's the end of the world email it might be six years old and once you find that out just hit reply all and just let everybody know uh, that uh, that it's not it doesn't need to be forward it doesn't need to be sent uh, on to everyone immediately because you start giving uh, just like you said you start getting the the little boy cried wolf thing. And you don't want to be you don't want to become involved in that. Forwarding an email is not uh, is not activism. Uh, Amen. You know, <laughs> you need I'm, to make I'm sure right that you're you. you're doing your homework, and and that you're not sending tons of emails out that uh, that are just chafe uh, because because we need to know we we want to keep the chatter down low enough, just like Chris was saying that. So that when something is important, when something important does come along, that that it's understood that it's important. Just like, uh, and I can tell you right now, if you do get if you do get your information from Chris on the day he knows the sky is falling, uh, that's the day you can jump in your bunker. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate that, and that is very much the, the we. We always strive to take a measured tone. We, if if there's trouble now, and, and we've been pretty much out on the front of a couple of stories. Like uh, uh, we uh, uh, we broke the story about the Missouri 
law enforcement uh, folks that had were basically saying, well, Jeff pretty much summed it up, that you could easily tell uh, they were cautioning about the danger of right-wing militias and uh, who uh, tended to really focus on single issues such as gun control or abortion. And as Jeff Jeff summed it up, saying that, well, it's easy to spot a right-wing radical militia member uh, because they won't have a have an Obama sticker on the bumper of their Prius. Right, right. And, and let's talk about that for for a couple of seconds because uh, that was next on my list. Uh, I actually have that page pulled up for mm-hmm. to to speak to you about because that is unfortunately that is the. Uh, the attitude uh, of a lot of the nation right now. That's one of the reasons it's so important to get folks to come to Appleseed, to make them understand uh, what is going on in the nation right now, that uh, that just because you have an opposing view, it does not make you a domestic terrorist. And, the uh, you know, we got the, uh, the Homeland Security uh, notice just a while back about that. Uh, returning veterans... Uh, anybody with a, uh, a fish sticker or a, uh, a pro-life sticker, etc., uh, I guess we're all lumped together in the same brush with the possibility that they could be domestic terrorists. Now, I'm telling you, if you want to talk about profiling, uh, there's <laughs> there's certainly a broad profiling brush there now. I mean, <laughs> you, you've got that exactly right, and and that is the kind of thing that and that's really what I love about Appleseed. You go to Appleseed and you don't see these guys, you know, some of them may happen to wear some camouflage pants, but the guys an engineer down at the local down at the local uh at the local uh, nuclear plant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. we these, we, we got the nuclear people. engineers, we've got uh, the the doctors, the lawyers, uh, we got everybody, mechanics, you name it, yep. homeschoolers. We've got everybody, regular Americans, mm-hmm. uh, I guess, who are also now qualified to be domestic terrorists. <laughs> so, well, the, God, and, God and, bless us. We can, we cannot look at uh, we can't look at at somebody uh, getting ready to board an aircraft, uh, and uh, if they're if they appear to be Middle Eastern, you can't you cannot look at them as as any kind of a possible thing. Although I've asked before if there was any uh, any cases of non uh, Middle Easterners hijacking planes, and there was there's only one or two, but they can't be profiled. But if you if you have a pro life sticker on your car, you then you yes you can be profiled. So yeah, the and the diversity of you know, it's like the diversity of our Supreme Court: Harvard, Yale, Harvard, Yale, Harvard, Yale. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, now, if you want to find something really diverse, if you want to actually find diversity uh, working uh, at full steam, then come to an Appleseed because we have everyone there. And uh, I've been hitting this for quite a while. I've been telling the folks in the program, and most of them already understand this, but in order for us to succeed in what we're doing, we cannot just have the folks who are just like us, uh, or just like the uh, what we would consider the mainstream conservatives, because it's not going to work like that. You've got to make sure that every that everyone understands that the Constitution, 
the Bill of Rights belongs to every person in the nation. Uh, that's uh, women, Democrats, all races, all, uh, all nationalities. Once they're an American, it belongs to them. And we're going to need every single one of those folks uh, in the fight with us, helping us to defend the, uh, the rights and liberties that we have. Because, listen, guys, whenever uh, it's not, there's no party line to the rights, uh, anybody loses the right. We all lose the right. Everybody does. So you know, you, you're hitting on one of my favorite topics, which is the fact that uh, uh, if, as soon as you say you favor the Second Amendment, the needle on any political litmus test swings to the point to the side of conservative, and uh, that is the you know our one-dimensional uh, political labeling system where it's conservative to liberal, and that's the, the, the extent of it. And it's really, it, it is one dimension. It only measures one dimension, and that's not the, uh, uh, it doesn't give an accurate reflection. But what I love is that we see, um, is that is when I meet somebody who is a dyed-in-the-wool liberal uh Baby killing, <laughs> Planned Parenthood volunteer, ACLU card carrying, and then I find out that they're also a gun owner. I love that because there's right. nothing that will keep the Republicans honest like a uh, like a pro gun Democrat. That's right. That's exactly right. And I was talking to Sam about this uh, last week or week before. Uh, Sam D, who's on with us, his. Uh, and I'm not going to give out the website, but uh, I've been following a certain website for a little over a year now, uh, and it's a it is a hardcore Democratic uh, organization. And uh, they started off with a post uh, about a year ago or so. <clears throat> uh, there was like uh, I can't remember if it was I think it was somebody saying, "Hey, I'm I was thinking about going to an apple seed," and uh, and let me tell you. The, the, you could you could see the wall shaking there. Uh, it was just the people were just going crazy, and the and the attacks began. And you know when I first started reading it, I was thinking, yep, there you go. You know, I was painting them with the same uh, profiling brush that uh, that gets used on everybody else. And then you started seeing uh, the tide kind of swinging back. Now remember, this is this this is all these are all hardcore Democrats. But then folks started defending the program and uh, and defending uh, what we're doing. They, you know, people would say, "Hey, guys, uh, you know, I I checked out the site you just mentioned, and you know, I I got to tell you, I, I didn't see any terrorist training camps. I didn't see uh, any uh, uh, because we were getting accused of everything that we were that we were arming people to kill gays, uh, that we were training terrorists." Uh, that we were uh, bombing abortion clinics on and everything you can imagine, everything. And that's without a single one of them going to the website. Well, when they started clicking on the website, then they started saying, you know, I, I got to tell you, I didn't see that. And then more and more and more people started coming on saying, you know, uh, they're just talking about you. defending our, the right to 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 have a firearm. And personally, I don't see anything wrong with that. I tell you what, soon, I thought. I, I, I saw the I, I loved seeing when y'all did the at the the Fort Stewart story, 
and the uh, you guys trained the South Carolina National Guard out at Fort Stewart. Right. And probably, I'm I'm betting that at least half of those troops were black. And I love it that you guys well, gave those guys a good exposure, positive exposure to firearms. Well, and, Sam was uh, there. Sam, so you can, Sam was there at the. Tell uh, me event. about it. Tell me what happened. Oh yeah, uh, the South Carolina National Guard probably. I'd say that outfit had uh, probably 60% blacks in it, and they were just as receptive to what we were teaching as uh, as any crowd I've ever been with. They well, were great I've, people. I've been hitting the make trying to make the rounds and trying to get uh, uh, on some uh, of the uh, uh, the radio shows and stuff that have uh, uh, high percentages of their audience is black because. What I want to get across to them is the what the media tries to do is they constantly paint the picture of uh, if you see if you see over two white guys standing together with rifles that, well that's automatically uh, right wing clan uh, militia etc. <laughs> I mean that's just there's no other explanation for it. If you see and but they did. They, they, to be honest, they do the exact same thing to their fellow Democrat buddies. Uh, whenever they show a picture of uh, of three or four uh, uh, African Americans together with uh, rifles or guns, oh, automatically it's uh, the the perception is that they're Black Panther. It's Mau Mau well, carjackers. Well, you you just mentioned the Black Panthers. That's what prompted the uh, Illinois firearms. Yeah firearms owner ID card in Illinois, which is, as far as I'm concerned, an abomination. And the, the, I, If you live in Illinois, my, uh, you have my sympathies. But in, uh, uh, in, the late 19, uh, in the late 1960s, the Black Panthers formed a genuine militia because right. you couldn't get a cop in the south side of Chicago uh, if you know there could be a robbery going on, and there were, and you couldn't get a cop. No, because it looked like Pancho Villa's guys out there. That's right. They and were. And they had the cross shotgun shell belts. Uh, you know, they were yep. they were ready to go. Oh yeah, you've seen that picture. And they started, yeah. and they were out there as an armed uh, militia, and they were. They didn't. Uh, they didn't really start the revolution, but they were certainly out there. Having a presence, and sometimes it's that mere presence. The mere presence of a firearm can focus minds and can maybe think about things like preservation and politeness and all that other stuff. And with uh, and, and it was just great to – they had a positive effect. And, of course, uh, Daly Scots couldn't have any of that, and so they passed the firearms owner ID card and had all these hoops that you had to jump through. My dad at the time, and we we lived in Illinois briefly, um, and we moved from. Uh, dad went out there to Illinois to start handload or to start Rifle Magazine and uh, to work with Handloader. And when they went out there, they uh, the whole um, the whole idea was that um, they would eventually move to the West. But somebody did a study on who was buying or who was getting the firearms owner ID cards. 
and it tracked very closely the socioeconomic and basically middle class white males and the less money you made and the and the darker your skin the fewer there were and then at the very bottom of the socioeconomic scale it there was this spike and they focused on that spike and those gun owners were black women and they uh because they knew they lived in a virtual combat zone and that's what they that's the only way that they could defend themselves and they went through the uh through the hoops with the law Right, but it's uh, it's always been an observation of mine that, that gun control laws have always been relatively racist in nature. There's no relatively about it at all. They started yeah. out as slave codes back in the back in the 1840s and 1850s, and then they turned into Jim Crow laws. It uh, gun control inevitably has to do with race, and it has to do with depriving one group of humans and. The, the cops will tell you, oh, we use it as a holding charge. In other words, I can use it on somebody who's got black skin. And right. uh, we had, here in Arizona, we were working with, um, uh, we were working with, um, to get the Arizona concealed carry law passed. And a guy buttonholed one of our, he was the head of the Department of Public Safety, State Police in Arizona. He buttonholed one of our guys and said, why are you worried about this? You're white and wear a suit. This doesn't apply to you. And it doesn't quite work that's, that way. Uh, that's right. the same experience I had getting a pistol permit in North Carolina. Yep. And I uh, I went in to fill out the forms, and uh, they had some rather unusual laws, and, and uh, pretty much the, the word I got from the secretary at the sheriff's office is, well, well you're white. What's the problem? Pretty much. And I found that pretty offensive. Huh. Well, you know, well, I, uh, go ahead. It, it it boils down that if if they can, if the law can, if if under color of law, they can deprive my black friend of a gun, of the right to, uh, or my Mexican friend, or for that matter, my gay friend, or anybody else of the right to keep and bear arms, and it will easily spread to me. That's, you know, Pastor Exactly Niemeyer right. Exactly. You know, and I, I talk to folks about that all the time. Now, we had a great caller uh, last week, and uh, I tried calling him back uh, at the, you know, at, near the end of the show. We had a guy that uh, called in, and uh, he was a, a black fellow, and he, he sounded okay for about the first uh, five seconds. And then he launched into uh, his uh, his spiel about how we were uh, training people to kill kids in classes and uh, on and on. But whenever I talk to uh, to the folks uh, who, and it doesn't have to be black or Hispanic or anything else, uh, but I tell them, I go, look, guys, <clears throat> we're not advocating. Uh, any political party. We're not advocating anything other than we want to safeguard the right to keep and bear arms uh, as part of uh, one of the rights in our Constitution. Now, you may not be happy with, uh, or you may be happy right now with some with the current uh, political situation. I said, but how would you like it? Uh, how would you like it if it was a far right uh, government in? 
and they were telling you that they wanted to take uh, your firearms away. I said, would you be comfortable with that? Because if you wouldn't be, then you need to understand what we're talking about, and that is that these rights belong to everyone, regardless of who, who is in power or regardless of what your political uh, ideology is. Yep, you got it, and I'm I'm right with you there, and and that's the the fact is that our uh, and I would really like to see if you have immigrant friends, people who are from other countries, they need to really get soaked in. I, I love what I love about Appleseed is the context that it gives, the context of 1775, and what that means because that's for Americans, and it doesn't matter where. Uh, it doesn't matter if it was your ancestors that were involved in it or not. You get adopted in this country, and you're part of you are part of the family, and that's the way that's it works. That's it. Yeah, that's it. It doesn't matter if you if you if you don't have a direct bloodline back to the folks in 1775. The minute that you raise your hand and you swear uh, an oath to become an American citizen, bang. That's it. You are an American. I've got a good friend who is, uh, I used to work with him. He moved up to Utah. I need to track him down. But he uh, uh, he's the only Hindu vegetarian redneck I ever met. <laughs> Hindu, he, he, he graduated from Horizon High School here in, here in the Phoenix area. And... Uh, He's American, uh, as Americanized as you can get. But you look at him, and and he's very Indian. But he uh, drives a big old Ford four-wheel drive truck and carries an AR-15. And he went deer hunting, but he needed somebody else to take the meat because of, because he's vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, I can't eat that, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, you know what else is uh, the. Uh, you know, when you talk about the immigrants, uh, when they come to the United States, when they become uh, citizens, and you know, I get them all the time at events that I'm at. And I know that Sam has too, because I've talked to him about it. I get them all the time at uh, at the Appleseed events. And let me tell you, when we're talking about safeguarding the rights and liberties and freedoms that this nation offers, these guys are all ears. And you know why? Yep. It's because they've experienced the other side of it. Yep. Uh, and we're not talking about uh, 100-year-old uh, ancient people that are talking about some ancient uh, historical place where they didn't have rights. We're talking about uh, folks that are uh, 17, 18, 19, 20 uh, years old, 25, 30 years old, who just came from a nation that didn't have rights. We've got uh, uh, Russians, uh, uh Polish folks, uh, you name it, everybody. Uh, I've seen everybody at Appleseeds, and they are deadly serious about protecting the rights all of a sudden that they have you know, as American citizens. They don't want to lose those rights because they've already lived somewhere where they didn't have those rights. So, That's true. Yeah. They've seen it. Yeah, exactly. They've experienced it. They know Americans take for granted that they have these rights and that they'll always have them. You know, because yeah. they have them now, we'll always have them. That is the the fallacy that they're that they're that they're living under. That kind of thinking. The folks from these other nations, they know good and well that it's very easy not to have any rights. And uh, and they talk about it all the time. They say, "Man, 
you, you don't know what it's like. Uh, you don't know what it's like living in some other nation. Uh, you know, we've got the uh, Japanese folks who uh, who shoot, and they're absolutely amazed because they can't have anything. I mean, we're talking about nothing. <clears throat> Not even. I mean, I think that they are allowed to have some like parts, non-functioning parts. They do. Uh, uh, there's actually uh, quite a uh, quite a bit of shotgun shooting in Japan. I heard, and I, I want to investigate that further. But I heard uh, that that kind of blew my mind because it went against everything that I had heard. But there is apparently quite a uh, uh, quite a skeet shooting com- community in Japan. I'm going to dig into it a little further. I'm Look into that. They they do have quite a bit of shooting activity over there, but it's a rich man's game. Yeah, and highly exactly. regulated. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, very highly right. regulated. I know. I just know from uh, from back in the old days of uh, when I was doing a, a great deal of business with a gun broker, eBay, etc., and I had a lot of customers in Japan, and they couldn't buy. Uh, they couldn't buy anything that was even remotely like a an actual rifle or stuff. But they would buy they would buy parts to rifles, not to build a rifle, but just because that's all they could have. And uh, so they would pay high they would pay very high prices uh, for it. But everywhere you look, you know, people are people took for granted their right uh, their rights to. Uh, a firearm ownership of their heritage and their legacy. They took them for granted, and they lost them. Now, we're in a grave danger right now in the United States uh, of this happening in the future. Just like Chris said, the, the sky isn't falling. But there is a sky up there, and it could fall if it wasn't maintained. And one of the dangers that we have right now is that back in, back even when I was a kid, when I was a kid, uh, now, of course, I grew up early, but everybody had firearms. Everybody shot. It was just, I didn't know anybody that didn't shoot. And uh, that's just the way that you grew up. And so you grew up uh, living with that right, actively participating in uh, in shooting. Nowadays, I'm telling you, there are, it's just the exact opposite. It's hard to find kids that have shot. Now, what that what happens with that is that when you have a kid who's grown up who's never uh, handled a firearm, never shot a rifle, never participated in the heritage of the of this nation, then when they get to voting age, they they have nothing invested in it. They've never shot a rifle. They they doubt that they ever will. So, what does it mean to them? It's neither here nor there for them. They can very easily pull no uh, with a little bit of media support saying all guns kill people all the time. And that's all they need to know. They're ready to pull the trigger on no. And that's one of the problems that we face in this nation is the ignorance about firearms. And that's one of the things that we're dedicated uh, to helping solve. Uh, If you would, Chris, if you would... uh, if you would expand a little bit more about the uh, the Missouri uh, information that just came out, like I said earlier, I, I had that pulled up because I wanted to make sure that you had uh, that you'd kind of given folks an, an idea about what was going on there because that already came through once with uh, 
with the Homeland Security uh, memo that got leaked. But it's still it's still happening. I mean, people are still. Uh, well, the 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 source of this, and really the the foot the fingerprints that are all over it, are the um, uh, Southern Poverty Law, Sign, Law Center. Right. And um, Jeff had the rather singular experience of sitting in a, uh, he was in a seminar, a classroom of some sort. I don't know even what it was. And he hadn't gone in there to talk about guns and to talk about politics. It was, it was, or it was a political science class. But this guy was expounding on uh, the new right, the dangers, these dangerous uh, uh, militias, and so on, and he started drawing this uh, this context diagram or this connection diagram between all these different people, and included that included Ku Klux Klan, included, um, uh, but it it interlinked Ku Klux Klan, NRA, and Neil Knox, and Jeff went ballistic. He happened to be in that classroom, and said, "You know what?" You're courting a lawsuit, <laughs> and he backpedaled off of it. We, we actually, I started doing. At one point, I was doing. Um, uh, I would do occasional web searches just to see where we were showing up, and I still do. But we, I found that the uh, the Simon Wiesenthal Center was calling uh, was calling us a. Uh, 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 a racist or a Holocaust deniers or some kind of nonsense like that, and I called them out on it, and they took it down. But that's one of those things. If you don't watch it, that that's the kind of thing that can that can happen. As far as the Missouri um, the Missouri deal, that went so over the top, and they put out a mush mouth. Uh, Denial. The, uh, if you go out to the website, I don't have it in front of me, but if you go out to the website, it'll uh, it'll have the details about it. But it is a um, basically anybody who is a who votes conservative or libertarian, and they included signs. You know, basically it was to police officers: be careful when you approach this car, because if it, it has a Ron Paul sticker on it. It may be the guy in that may be an extreme uh, right-wing extremist, and he might shoot you. Okay. Um, and the um, oh, thank you. And the brought it up on the URL. If you go yeah, I to, po- I posted the website for you guys there in the yeah. chat. If you go to, or if you're if you're walking up on a car and you see that it has a pro-life sticker. They may be. Uh, you need to approach it with caution because the guy may be uh, like that nutbag that shot the guy in church uh, a few months ago. A uh, few months ago, and so the assumption is that if you have the tools to cause mayhem, then we're just we're just waiting for the other shoe. Right. And the fact is that about half the politician has the tools to cause mayhem, and Honestly, that's a good thing because guns in the hands of responsible, law-abiding, honest, straight-ahead people do not pose a threat to anyone except those who might intend harm. And so...
so that is the um uh but people like the southern po- po- southern poverty law center and i get their emails just to keep up with them see what they're doing right me too um yeah yeah they, you're on that mailing list yeah. isn't that a hoot <laughs> and yeah <laughs> they're, they're, now they're, they're, there's about a dozen good sites you can go to i mean that you can uh, get the on the email list for so you don't have to dig to find out what uh, what trash is being put out about uh, the different organizations stuff. They'll send it straight to you. So uh, I made sure that I signed up for those so that it so that I don't have to go and look for it. That it comes straight to me. Yeah, the, and it's a um, it basically they are out there. Their their whole thing is that they want to tar their opposition with a very broad bu- with a very broad brush and they will um uh if you uh, basically it boils down to some Nazi bikers like guns some of them are even members of the NRA therefore the NRA is an organization of Nazi bikers who want to who want to kill white or who want to kill black people right and it's that kind of conflation and that kind of, of association uh, of uh, guilt by association that they will um, uh, well almost every almost every family organization uh, any of the the major family uh, organizations in the United States are also on the the watch and target list right. Uh, you know, just the just the American Family uh, uh, organizations. They're also listed on there as uh, as potential racist, uh, domestic terrorist type uh, organizations by uh, quite a few of the of the organizations. <clears throat> the uh, the trend, of course, across the nation is. Uh, is to hurry up and sling mud and uh, belittle uh, any movement uh, that starts up. You know, you've got the, I think one of the best examples, and and one of the most uh, just absolutely disgusting, I think, uh, examples, is the Tea Party movement. Now, you've got guys that are, uh, these are folks who uh, have decided that they want to become involved and participate in uh, in governing uh, and the governing process uh, in America, and they are just soundly ridiculed at every point, including uh, being called by a derogatory name by uh, by the the party of acceptance uh, and being. It being a big joke, and everybody's giggling at it uh, to imply that uh, uh, imply that they uh, their name is now a uh, like a homosexual term, and uh, and I, I just I'm just floored by this, and they constantly get away. These folks constantly get away with uh, with saying whatever they want. Uh, about any organization, about any group, and and having it uh, having it echoed and uh, and printed in the media or on the radio, etc., and just uh, 
just sold as a fact and uh, the the tea party folks uh, are actually they're 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 actually doing what everyone the the purest form uh of politics in America which is getting together and uh, talking locally uh and deciding uh, about what you want to do about uh about government in America Now, I was actually reading an interesting article just recently about uh, uh, there was a group of folks, and this was on another Democratic uh, website. There was a group of folks that were screaming about uh, the Tea Party people, how uh, they weren't they weren't listening to anything they were saying. They were just screaming about them, calling them idiots and, and everything else. <laughs> and uh, and then I remember uh, a post by another person. Uh, I think this was on a blog, a post by another person that I thought was very, very insightful. And that was, he goes, guys, I don't know if you guys can remember back to uh, just a few years ago of, uh, of the pink bunny suits and, uh, and all of the rest of the ridiculous things that were happening uh, during the World Trade uh, Conferences, etc., and how uh, the Democratic Party was... Uh, was getting motivated and uh, and getting geared up to do something. He said, if you guys can't recognize the same thing happening right now, he said, you're idiots. And that was the the fact that uh, that the folks, uh, the conservatives, uh, you know, uh, libertarians, et cetera, were, uh, were gearing up to do something. When you say pink bunny suits, what are you talking about there? Expand uh, on that a little bit. That is the uh, – uh, he had actually posted a picture of all the protesters at the World Trade uh, uh, conferences and stuff that they were protesting at. Mm-hmm. And there was just uh, – uh, there were just folks, not just a few, there were hundreds of people just in costumes, in ridiculous costumes that really had no – uh meaning to the protest it was just uh just folks deciding that they would wear a costume while they were protesting yeah. and uh, it just looked kind of ridiculous and uh, he was telling them because you guys are screaming about uh about how silly these tea party folks look like in their in their revolutionary war costumes or you know etc he said i think you guys better remember what happened just a few years ago and he had a picture posted there, and, he's, and there was uh, people with purple hair and uh, transsexuals, you know, in rainbow costumes, etc., on and on. And uh, he goes, here's a picture of us as we were getting uh, uh, geared up and motivated to, uh, you know, to make a change in politics. He goes, yeah. so, he goes, I think you guys better recognize and see the signals of what's happening, and that is that, uh, that they're gearing up to make a change in what's going on. Well, the, the the Tea Partiers read the Radicals' book. Uh, yeah. The book is called Rules for Radicals, and they protest and they started protesting in exactly the same way. You know, I wanted I, you reminded me of something. I was at the NRA convention, and uh, I was uh, up on a. Uh, it was um, there was a walkway up above the uh, um, on the way into the convention center. And uh, there was it was like an outdoor mall that was 
leading to it. There was a guy that was uh, obviously from there. He was a cook. It looked like he was a cook in one of the restaurants there. And he's out there, and he's kind of looking over the rail and looking at all these people going in. And, you know, it's a typical NRA convention crowd. You know, a lot of people smiling. A lot of, you know, people are having fun at these things. Oh, those must be all the angry people. <laughs> no, he, in fact, he went the whole way. He said, no, oh, those are all the angry white people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it, uh, it, but it, very much the, the, as, you know, you see the cartoonist, well, here in Arizona, we've got, uh, uh, Benson in Arizona that draws the NRA. Anybody at NRA or any anybody that's interested in gun rights as a uh, as a knuckle dragon uh, slopehead and uh, or uh, you know brow ridge and right you know dragging his knuckles along there and uh, he's yet you go and you see the uh, the people at an NRA convention and. Uh, who are those people? Well, they're the people that are kind of smiling. They hold the door for you. In fact, I, I ran across a, a piece that I'd written recently about relative happiness. Gun owners tend to be relatively happier than people in general. And uh, <laughs> it, it's a fact. And it, it, it was... Uh, I'll, I'll post it back up on the chat as soon as I find it, but it was it, it was really funny because gun owners tend to agree with the state. They they tend to say, I am very happy, and it's statistically significant. It holds across the board. Gun-owning Republicans tend to be happier than gun-owning than gun Democrats, and they tend to be who also tend to be happier than non-gun-owning Democrats. And they are more likely to say people have to take care of themselves, yet they are also more likely to give to charity. They're more likely they're also more likely to give blood. In other words, people who own guns are your neighbors. They're the people you want to know. They're the people you want to be your neighbors. And they're the people like you see at an apple seed shoot, which is what is so cool about this uh about this movement. When are you going to uh when are you going to come to another event? You've written several yeah. great articles uh, for the program, Chris, and, and we're ready for you to write another one. I love going to them. I, I, I tell you, I need to uh, – uh, in fact, I need to go ahead and get my rifleman patch. I haven't yet, and I'm embarrassed about it. And I've got a uh, – I took a New Year's resolution that I would do it this year, um, and I, I haven't yet. Well, we've got uh, a great crew – out in Arizona, and I know uh, we do, and uh, they're doing a great job out there. And I know that they would be glad to work with you on that, and uh, we would be glad to have you out there. And I'll be glad to have you if you're ever in Texas. I would love for you to stop by, and uh, uh, you don't even have to have. Uh, we don't even have to have an apple seed. Uh, Texas, if you're ever in Texas, where you can stop at? by, and we'll shoot. Where uh, are you I'm at? Uh, you know where Temple is. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh, oh about 20 miles uh, southeast of Temple. Okay, I think I've got a cousin that lives near there. I've got Rogers, Cameron. Yeah. 
and I've uh, he but nah, he moved. He's down in Abilene now, which is where I was born. But I can't give you directions out of town. Uh, I've got an uncle that's in Lampasas, and my grandmother is there. Well, and, uh, you're welcome anytime. And I have folks. Uh, I do that quite often, as a matter of fact. Uh, uh, is I have folks uh, stop by for uh, impromptu kind of private uh, apple seeds. And, sure. I mean, I'll, if if I've got one person that's willing to uh, spend the time, then I'll, I'll do it right then and there. You know, my boss yeah. isn't that crazy about that, but but he's <laughs> he's starting to understand. Uh, I finally got him down to. Uh, we had a range day a couple of weeks ago, and he came down to the dinner uh, that we had at the end of the range day, and finally met everybody. And he was very uh, he was very happy. Now I've been doing this for three, uh, let's see, four years now. I think that's the first time he ever came down. Usually he stands about 100 yards away and glares at me until I go up to see what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> so, now, uh, as far as speaking of relatives and stuff, i got a relative that, uh, that just spoke to me on the chat, a relative of Sam D's. <laughs> he just... Uh, yeah, he, my, my, my nephew Nick popped on there from Afghanistan. Well, he just popped on, and he he thought it was he thought I was you, and he said, "Hey, Uncle Sam," and I had no idea what he was talking about. I go, "Who is this?" <laughs> he said that uh, he was your nephew, and that uh, and that you had taught him all the stuff that he uh, that he knows in his life about uh, about life. Life stuff is how he called it. He said, he said, the problem he has is with shooting. He goes, my shooting stinks. <clears throat> and uh, I said, well, that's what apple seeds are for. And he goes, well, he goes, it's not that. He goes, it, all the stuff I shoot is belt-fed. So there you go. He, he's got a thing about belt-fed guns. Huh? <laughs> well, Chris, you're welcome. It may run in the family. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're welcome. Anytime you're in this neck of the woods, uh, you stop by, and we will do well, some shooting. I'll tell you what, I'd love to do that. I'll t- if I can get over there, in fact, I'm, I'm looking at this right now, and I occasionally do get uh, get into Texas. Uh, I'd like to make the trip. I'm starting to lose the battery, and I think your show's getting close to wrapping up here, but this has absolutely been a pleasure. And uh, Well, Chris, I've, we love having you on the show. Well, I love Appleseed. I think it's great. I think it's a great organization, a great movement, and uh, you guys do things that um, I, I think you're important. And this is, uh, I, I think it's a big deal. Well, the feeling so, is is certainly mutual that uh, that everybody in the program uh, respects what you're doing, what your brother's doing, and of course, your father uh, is a legend. Whose his legacy is is living on with you guys, but uh, the work that he done that he has done, uh, of course, is, is going to be felt. The repercussions of it will be felt, uh, you know, for the next uh, fifty or hundred years. And uh, everybody certainly appreciates what he's done. And uh, we want to make sure that all you guys that are listening, we'd like to make sure that we support the folks who are behind Appleseed. And Chris has written. Several great uh, uh, articles on us, and he's always been a friend of the Apathy Project as well as a member. And uh, we'd like to make sure that you guys, uh, on your 
uh, on your online travels that you make sure that you make uh, the Firearms Coalition, the hardcore, uh, C-O-R-P-S, if you make that a favorite on your, uh, in your favorites location and stop in and make sure that you're, uh, that you're getting uh, a good dose of your info from the Firearms Coalition. Chris has a blog, and uh, just like he said earlier, there is the book, which is an absolutely, uh, it's a fantastic book uh, that, uh, that he has out now, the, uh, the War on Gun Rights. Is that, am I saying it right? Neil Knox, it's Neil Knox, The Gun Rights War. And the Gun Rights War, okay. And that's cool. Okay. We'll try to because do what I, we can with it. I got a copy after it came out, and I read it and loaned it out, and I'm still trying to, and the person I loaned it out to loaned it out, and uh, so I'm still I'm trying to get I'm trying to track it down so I can get it back. But if it doesn't make it back, as long as it's making the rounds, that's I guess the most important well, part. Send me send me your address, Scott. I'll get you another one. Okay, okay, you got a deal, and right. I'll send you my information, my contact information, uh, uh, to your uh, to the email, yep. and uh, and that way next time you're in town, uh, if next time you're in Texas, uh, we can try and get you over here for an apple seed event, and if you don't. If you can't make it to that, just come on over anyway. We'll shoot, and uh, and we'll uh, we'll do our best to put our heads together and see what we can work on on this. Chris, we certainly appreciate you uh, coming on the show, and uh, we depend on you and the work that you do. And God bless you for it. Blessings to y'all. Y'all take care now. All right. <clears throat> well, it's always great uh, having him on the show. Uh, like I said, he does uh, he does a huge amount of work uh, doing the research and uh, and putting it out there for everybody. <clears throat> uh, Sam, you yes, sir, so, I'm still here. So, did you give uh, your nephew? Uh, does he have some AQTs that he can get his buddies to shoot and take some pictures of? No, uh, I didn't send any over to him. Is he already back, or uh, is he still there? He's still there. He's got uh, about three weeks to go oh, that's before, he, uh, before he comes back. All right, not enough time, but we'll uh, let's try and uh, you guys that have uh, friends in Iraq and Afghanistan, <clears throat> let's try and uh, get them some AQTs sent and uh, and get them to shoot them and take some photographs of them over there. Uh we want to thank everybody uh, for uh, for being a part of the show tonight. Thanks to, to Chris. Thank you, Sam, uh, and uh, all of the folks in the online chat, all the folks that were listening. We certainly appreciate it, and we'll see you again uh, on this coming Tuesday. Sam, thank you. God bless you, sir. Thank you, Scout. And uh, we, got, we will see you... Uh, this next Tuesday. God bless all of you, and we'll see you on the beat. All right. Good night. Good night.